Sunday morning, and we bless God for life, we bless God for another time in his presence. And last week, I started a series on understanding your calling, and today I'm doing understanding callings part two. Let's bow and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that you will speak to us this morning. Let light come into our hearts. Let understanding come to us in Jesus' name. Amen. So turn your Bibles to our key scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26 to 29. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 26 to 29. For, we see, for you see your calling, brethren, not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of this world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of this world to put to shame things which are mighty. And the base things of this world, that the things which are despised, which are despised, God has chosen. The things which are not to bring to nothing things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. So we are seeing how Paul was talking about the nature of our call and the fact that our God has not called the mighty, God has not called the powerful, God has not called the noble, God has not called us according to the flesh. So God does not determine whether you are the tribe before he calls you, but God himself has chosen us to confound the why. That's why sometimes when God chooses you, it's not because you are special. You should see yourself as a role you are playing in the hands of God, and you should see yourself playing the role for humanity. Very, very important. So like I said last week, callings are very important. and We must make our calling sure. But I want you to know that Though God has given us callings, our callings are different. Our callings are different. We are not all called to do the same thing. Just imagine that the whole world, everybody is black. Everybody is five feet nine, like myself. Everybody has a nice head like mine. No. That's why there are people who are five feet tall. Some people are seven feet. Some people are eight. Some people have a broad face. Some people have this thing, different kinds of things. People are black, people are white, people are mixed race and everything. So God has not called us to do the same thing. And everybody's call is as unique as your thumbprint. Very amazing thing. I want you to know that the thumbprint you have on your hand, there's nobody with that thumbprint like that. Is it not very powerful that over seven billion people all our thumbprints are different. All our thumbprints are different. All the iris in our eyes are different. That's how God is. And I want you to know that we are not called with two main visions. Very important. We are not called with two main visions. An example is Moses was called to deliver Israel out of bondage. And they had to cross the rest he into the wilderness. But Joshua was called to take them over the Jordan into the promised land to defeat the enemies and to distribute the land. Sometimes when you look at the total wisdom of God, it was said that Moses didn't see the, saw the promised land, but, they didn't enter. but in the sovereignty and the providence of God, God decided that Moses would not enter. So sometimes things happen in the scriptures that you think that somebody may have made a mistake, but if God didn't want it to happen, it would have happened. And the amazing thing is that when they got to the Red Sea, the Bible says here that 
Moses stretched out the rod, and the rest was divided. But when it came to Jordan, God told Joshua, step into the Jordan and to split. So you will notice that though they were all called to deliver, the assignments and the way they operated were very different. Moses was more of a leader who took them through the wilderness, but Joshua was a warrior. So none of us is called to do the same thing. Everybody has a distinct call. And it's very important that we discover that distinct call and stay in it. I want you to know that when God calls you, the calling bends in your life. It takes the whole of you. When God calls you, that calling bends in your life. Jeremiah chapter 20 verse 9 says that, Then I said, I will not make mention of him nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in my heart, burning, a burning fire shut up in my bones. I was weary to hold it back and I could not. So I want you to understand that when God calls you, or no matter what it is, the calling bends in your, you sleep with it, you wake up with it. You dream about it. You, you, are, you, are, you are obsessed with it. So your calling bends in your heart. Anytime they catch your veins, if they can see, they will see it. Very, very important. Callings bends in people's hearts. When you are really called, it bends in your heart. There's something always, you see your heart, your, your life is full of that call. And one thing about a calling is that anytime you are called into a specific thing and you see something going contrary to it, your heart breaks down. That is why if you find out that you don't like how things are being done in a place, it means that you have an anointing to correct it. Don't complain. If you, if, if you see people sick and you, have, you also get sick, it means you have an anointing to deal with it. If you take things disorganized and you don't like the way it is, you have an anointing to put it together. That's how come two of us can pass through this street, this row, and the chairs may not be straight. Somebody will pass by it and not see, but I will pass by it, I'll make it straight. So your calling bends. Number two, similar calling stirs up in your, in, in your, in your heart. Similar calling stirs up your call. So, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 27 verse 17 that as iron sharpened iron, so a man sharpened the countenance of his friend. So when you carry a call and you see somebody having the same dimension of the call, there's a staring. That's how come when this angel was speaking to Mary, he says that you shall have a you shall have the Holy Spirit come over you. You shall carry a child. Then at the latter part of the conversation, he said that your cousin Elizabeth is also carrying a baby six months old. Now, number one, Mary didn't understand what was happening to her. Joseph didn't understand it. The parents didn't understand it. And the Bible said that immediately, Mary packed her luggage and went up the hill country to visit Elizabeth. And the Bible says, on arrival in the house of the cousin Elizabeth, when she greeted Elizabeth, 
their babies leap for joy. So when you are carrying a calling and you meet somebody also with the same area of calling, which is similar, there's a stirring that takes place. That is why when you are pregnant with a vision, don't hang around an abortionist. It's a tutable statement. Because there are people that when you are carrying your vision and you hang around them, they cause you to abort your baby. But you need somebody who carries the same desire, who carries the same passion. And the Bible said, when she greeted Elizabeth, something in them clicked. And it's very important you notice those people around you. There are people that you hang around and something lives in your spirit. There are people you hang around, they are not envious, they are not jealous, but something shifts. There's somebody, maybe you are sitting down there, somebody's playing the keyboard, and you say, I like how the person is playing the keyboard. I want to be that. You see someone on television, say, I want to be that. You meet somebody in your boss, I want to be that. Because anytime you hang around the person, something happens to you. Look out for those people in your life. Not because they are nice and fine, but because they are carrying something that tears up your gifts. So, similar callings test the same calling. So, if you are genuinely called and you meet people with the same call, you can speak for hours. You can speak for hours and you are not tired because as you speak, there is what they call sympathetic resonance. Now, you know the grand piano. The grand piano normally is used, the, the ones that they play. When you put a piano here, and you put one in the corner where the information index is. When you strike a key, let me strike a key for me. I don't know the key, just strike one. Strike it very hard, let me hear you. In that piano, the same piano which is idle there, it will respond. This same key will respond in that piano, the grand piano. What it means is that when you are called and you meet people with the same calling, there's something that connects you. And that is how come, even in the church, when you are a gossiper, you come to this church, the next seven weeks, you find a gossiper. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. If you are a fornicator, you enter this church, in the next seven weeks, you find a fornicator because your eyes know how to connect with each other. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, not, I'm telling you the truth. If you are a genuine person, you meet somebody genuine, you will know. It's everywhere. You go to the office, within seven weeks, seven weeks maximum, you'll find the same person like you. And you increase your capacity. <laughs> Positively or negatively. Because similar callings stay up similar, similar callings. That's how come you don't come to a church because it's close to your house. You don't come to a church because it is nice. You don't come to a church because it is a nice, it's very nice play, nice place. No, you come to a church because it's connected to your destiny. That is why if I meet people in this church, let's say I went to someone to pick something and I met some, one member of our church. When I saw the guy, I said, why are you here? So, oh, Pastor, eh, yeah, we move around and we have moved to another church. I said, okay. And the church is just in the neighborhood here. So I told myself that he's not connected here. And he said he's going to that church, but that church has been closed down anyway. I said, you said you go to the church, but the church has been closed down. Because I gave the place to the person. I don't mention the church and he didn't even know that the church had been closed down. <laughs> and the problem is that when something happens to you, you run here. 
and start chasing the shepherds. Something's happening to me. This time, no joke anymore. People must not abuse the church. Those people must stop pastor abuse and church abuse. So if you are connected, be connected. There's something that happens to you. The first day I walked into ICGC and I heard Reverend Will Coppon sing. I hadn't listened to the altar bell. I heard a small, still small voice. This is where you belong. Period. And when you are connected, other things will want to move you out. You must know where you are, you, what you want in life. What are the things you find about your calling? One, your anointing is in your calling. <laughs> your anointing is in your calling. There's a grace and anointing in every area of your calling. Every calling has an accompanying grace. So many people want anointing on your life. Discover your calling, anointing will be easy for you. Romans chapter 12, verse 6. Having then gifts differently according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in the proportion of our faith. But the main thing here is that having gifts differently according to the grace given to us, so everybody's gift has a grace that comes with it. So if you want to discover and know, you'll notice that in the area of your calling, there's an anointing. So when you are outside your calling, you struggle for the anointing. If you are not called as a footballer, you can't. If you are not called as a worship leader, you can't. That's why when I, when I lead worship, I put off my mic. Because when I start singing, I'll spoil everybody's own. I am not called to play this thing. And let me tell you a secret. My calling is embedded in my intercessory ministry. I never knew I'd be a preacher. Oh, I never knew. I just got born again. I said, God, what do you call me? He said, go and join the prayer department. The more I intercede, so my prophetic call is hooked to my intercessory ministry. So I can prophesy to people because I have known how to pray for people and because I know how to pray for people and because God wants me to pray aright, he lets me hear, the, hear his voice that this is what I have to pray about Pastor Jim Cornelius. So when I'm praying for Brother Jim Cornelius, in my prayer time, God tells me that pray about this for him. So I have learned to hear the voice of God. Then I can prophesy and speak. Then the day I move out of it, I'm gone. So when you see me serving on the Prayer uh, coordinating center in ICGC it didn't just come. It's a calling. That's why if you watch this church, we intercede every Sunday for the nation, for our this thing. Yeah. That's my main call. So my anointing is that the day I stop interceding for people, so I pray for a lot of you. I pray. I pray a lot. And that is where my joy is. My joy is to pray for people to see results in their life. So my anointing is there. So I can stay in prayer for a long time. And I'm not talking about... Some people think that prayer is waking up at dawn and shouting all over the place. No. 
Be in the flow with the Holy Spirit. I'm lying in my bed. I'm driving. I'm communicating with God. I don't need to scream. I've passed that stage. Oh, I can see. I can hear. I don't need to shake my head. So your anointing is in your calling. When you are not caught into something and you are forcing yourself, you struggle for the anointing. So what do you do with ease? What do you do that you don't struggle about? Find out what you can do easily. That's why when you discover it function there. We are not all called to do the same thing, but our callings, our giftings are multidimensional. Very, very important. So your anointing is in your calling. Say my anointing is in my calling. Number two, it is in your calling that you have fire for prayer and discernment. So in your calling, you don't struggle to pray. You don't struggle to have discernment. You can hear God clearly. I've already said it there. 2 Chronicles chapter 26 verse 4 and 5. 2 Chronicles chapter 26 4 and 5. This is about Uzziah. I'm going to deal with him probably next week. And he did what was right in the sight of God according to all that his father Amaziah had done. He sought God in the days of Zachariah who had understanding in the visions of God and as long as he sought God, God made him prosper. This is a young king. The Bible said, as long as he sought God, so his grace was in seeking God. And as he, as he sought God, he prospered. And when you read the history of this young man, next week I'll be going deep into his life, you will notice that as young as he was, because he sought God, he did marvelous things. But something happened along the line. I don't want to touch it today. So what happened is that your, your, your prayer, your discernment, is the area of your calling. When I say discernment, it's not about seeing visions or something, but your ability to know things that you have not been taught. To know things that you have not been taught. Because those things are caught. That is why sometimes it's very important that you catch a spirit of a thing. Things are taught, but things are caught. It is discovered that when you go to Bible school, Whatever you learn in Bible school is about 30% of what you use in ministry. The rest of them, 70% is caught. So Bible school doesn't make you a pastor. It is a calling you discover and how you operate with God. There are things I do in my life that I never learned in Bible school. I've shared this story before where Dr. Ben Carson was doing an operation, that marvelous operation that cost about 23 hours and they were trying to cut, cut a nerve to the Siamese twins. And the Bible said, and the story said that when they got to that point, they wanted to cut. All the doctors said, no, it's not possible. But she, he said in his book, that's why I, I, I recommend that book to every youth to read, Gifted Hands. He said that something in him told him that take a laser and cut through the nerve. And that was the breakthrough. There are things that you do that it is not because you were taught, but because you are in your calling, discernment comes to you. You just know how what to do. You just know this is this is where the way to go, and it's not in books. So it's very important that you catch things. So there are things you do, and it just happens. It's like some people say anthems. No, there are things that, and when you do that, very well. Now, I know about musicians. Sometimes. 
you can be playing a normal key. All of you know what I'm talking about. But when an anointing is very present and you're playing, you stray into a key or a flow that is not taught, but your skill is able to play. Now, if you are able to remain in that place for a longer time, it becomes part of you. So it becomes a new normal for you. So there are things that you don't learn because this is the way it is taught. But as you play under the anointing, you begin to enter zones that you begin to play keys and organize keys and whatever it is that gives you one of the best sounds. Your discernment and your prayer power is in your calling. Number, number three, the clarity of your vision and purpose is in your calling. It is in your calling that you have a clarity of vision and purpose. Because when you are in your vi- if you are in your calling, you're, you can see very well. You can be purposeful very well. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 28, verse 18, where there's no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. So what happens is that when you have where the Bible's other translation that where there's no vision, the people perish. It is in your calling that you have clarity of vision. When you are not in your calling, you have to manufacture, manufacture the anointing, you must manufacture the vision. But when you are in your calling, God will never let you operate out of when you are following God clearly. Clarity of vision. Clarity of vision. Clarity of vision. Clarity of purpose. And your vision controls you. Because your vision controls you and controls what you can do. That's why the Bible says, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. Your vision restrains you. That is why you can't do everything. And if you can't do everything and somebody can do it better than you, let the person do it and clap for the person. No man can do everything. So your vision controls you, it helps you. And when it comes to your zone, you know what to do. That is why it is very painful when a good football, footballer, he can be very good in dribbling, but he can play the penalty out. But there are some people, they may not be, but they can know how to play the penalty. It's a skill. Don't come and take the football and say that, I want to play it. And it cost us a lot. <laughs> that day all of us cried. Because it was you, so you want to play it. Let somebody play it. That's why in a church like this, in a team, you are an usher, you are a musician, you are, you are whatever, let somebody function better than you can do. If the person can lead a solo, let the person lead a solo and lead the way and clap for the person. If you are going to be back, backing for the rest of your life, back. Those are why. And you have been here for a long time. And me, I've been in the choir for a long time. I've not been giving the mic before. When you are giving the mic, you burn all of us. Just allow people. And you must know your blueprint. You must know that this is what I can do. That's why me as a pastor, the things I can do, I do it well. The things I cannot do, I ask people to help me. And we go for the church council meeting, I'm sitting down and I throw this what I want to do. Then I ask the team, what do they think? And some of them bring things that I've never thought about. I work with Modesto. Sometimes we sit down, we are discussing something. You say, Pastor, don't you think? I say, yeah, I think this is better than what I'm thinking. It doesn't change me. 
It makes you a great leader. A great leader is a team player. A great leader is somebody who also allows other people to put, bring input into their lives. So that you become more effective. So sometimes you are the one leading, but a lot of people are working behind you, but you are the one taking the glory. If there's anything like that. Don't be somebody who cannot play with people. Don't be somebody who cannot work with other people. And you think that when you cannot work with other people, you are, you are powerful. You are an incompetent leader. Don't be somebody that will cause chaos in a team. Number four, wisdom and understanding is in your calling. When you function in your calling, there's a release of wisdom in that area. Am I speaking to somebody this morning? It makes you function with ease. So what happens is that even your calling determines your prayer passion or the things you ask God for. So based on your calling, when you're in prayer, you can see what you're asking God for. Let's see Exodus chapter 35, verse 30 to 35. It's a long story. I like this one because Moses was given the blueprint, but Moses needed a team. And Moses said to the children of Israel, See, the Lord has called Bazaliel, the son of Ur, the son of Uriah, and the son of Ur, the tribe of Judah, and he has filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and understanding and in knowledge in all manner of workmanship to design artistic work, to work in gold and silver and bronze, in cutting jewels for the setting in the carving of the wood, and to work in all manner of craftsmanship. He has put in his heart the ability to teach him. And Aholi, the son of Hamashiach, Hashimash, Hashimash, of the tribe of Judah, that he has filled them the skill to do all manner of engraver and the designer and tapestry maker, blue, in blue, in purple, in scarlet thread, and fine linen, and, and weaver, and all those who do every work and those who design artistic work. So the Bible says here that when Moses was given a vision, vision to build a tabernacle, these two people were given to Moses. The Bible said they had understanding, they had wisdom in what they were called. So your wisdom and how to operate in your calling is right in your calling so when you are operating in your calling you don't struggle to think or to do the things you do so in your calling you don't struggle there's wisdom there's understanding and this understanding is not book understanding it is an impartation from the spirit i'm not saying don't go to school go to school very important very important going to school is very key getting knowledge and formal training that is why it is good for you to be a musician, but know how to know the keys, know how to sing, know how to read the scores. As a pastor, I, I felt the call of God. I, I had to go to Bible school to, end, to understand the Bible, to understand the act of preaching, to un understand the act of interpreting scripture, to understand pastoral ministry, to understand what I do, to understand a lot of things that, but the other things that I learn, I do not because I learned them in Bible school, but because it's an impartation I receive. So you may be a medical, you find, uh, uh, I wanted to be a medical doctor till I saw blood once, and I said no. <laughs> and one of the things I can tell you I fear is needle. With all my physique, when I see needle now, I'll start shaking like a leaf. 
I don't know what kind of phobia is that. Check it for me. Needle, needle phobia. So you will notice that it is in your calling. So when you, like I tell people that by God's grace, I don't pastor this church with stress. I don't pastor this church with stress. By God's grace. I don't do the things I do with stress. We're having a challenge with our power and just during the week, I called the light. I said, this is the way to go. Let's do this. Let's do this. And now we are getting almost close to the, what we want to do. Wisdom just came to me for it. I didn't struggle. I don't get up and say, I don't struggle to pray. I don't struggle to do what I'm doing. I am in my zone. I am in my zone. I am in my zone. So when you are in this area, so when you discover your calling, there's no struggle. You can do a lot of talk. Find out what you do with ease. Are you putting find a thing for me? What? Remove the marks and talk to me. Trypanophobia. Uh huh. Trypanophobia. I have trypanophobia. <laughs> Injections. Ah! I don't like nurses. They are my friends, but I don't like them. <laughs> so, so you will notice that everybody has something. So, in your life, begin to pray, say, Lord, what do I do with ease? What do I? When they wake you up at one a.m., they ask you a question. Can you answer? Wake up a doctor. At 2 a.m., let him be sleepy and come to a patient. And I said, This is the situation. You know how you react. Wake up a musician and put him. <laughs> I heard a story about Samuel Poso. Do you know how he was discovered? He was coming from all night. He was coming from a nightclub. And Pastor Paul was having his all night. And the guy stumbled into church. Then with his drunken nature, he said, let me try the keyboard. And the man sat on the keyboard when they were most close. And the guy started playing. And then Pastor Paul said, huh? Today he's a great musician in Nigeria. So your calling makes you flow. Some of you can sell anything. I have a, a friend, a, a businessman. The man can sell charcoal to you. You turn your back before you realize that you bought charcoal. That man can sell anything. I tell you, you are anointed. You can sell anything. He will sell. <laughs> you will sell something to you. Not that he's cheating you, but that is his skill. And you will sell it. You will sell it. What do I mean by? That's why those when they are, when they are, they are colleagues, <laughs> they can do all kinds of. There are people who are gifted, and there's wisdom in that area. I pray for everyone that as we come to the end of this year. And we enter next year. May God direct you in your calling. Amen. May you begin to function and operate in your assignment. I pray that you will not struggle in the area of your calling. May you receive grace. May you receive power. May you receive insight. May prayer in the area of your calling not be a struggle for you. May God cause you to have people around you and by them, there's a stirring of your calling. As you meet them, something triggers in your spirit. That is why when you meet somebody carrying something bigger than you, get closer to the person. But there are some people, I, I, I remember I hung around a man of God and when I hung around that man of God for three days, something shifted in me. I said, ah, 
you are my by force friend. Oh, yes. I will not envy the person. I will not envy the person. Because by hanging around him, not that just hanging around him, something rubs on you. And you begin to operate by, in that dimension. That is why when somebody is gifted in Niger, it go closer to the person. Be my friend by force. And that is God. That is God. When Mary noticed that she was also carrying a promise, he went to somebody already working in the promise. Don't go and say, Elizabeth, will you cry? They say, you are, you, are, you are now getting pregnant. No, no. And the Bible says, she dwelt there for a long time. May you find people whose calling will stay up your calling. May you stumble onto people, even on the internet. And as you listen to them, something shifts in your spirit. May there be an impartation on your life. I pray for you right now. Receive supernatural impartation. Receive supernatural impartation. Let there be a stirring of your calling. I call for the Deborahs. I call for the Esthers. I call for the Gideons. I call for the Davids. I call for the, the Samsons. I call for great men out of this house. I call for the Cyruses. I call for the mighty men of war. I call for the Joshua's. I call for, for men and women who finance the gospel. May there be an impartation on your life. May your life attract wealth. And by attraction, or may it make you more humble. I pray that may you move from a hundred thousand to a million dollar business. In the name of Jesus. We decree and declare that every prophetic word over this house, every grace over this house will become a grace on your life. Begin to operate in that grace in Jesus' name. And may God preserve your seed. May every abortion that has been assigned to you be thwarted. May you never be subverted in your cause. But may God order your steps till you come to the place of glory, a place of manifestation. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. All right, we want to take our project offering.